Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Queer Town. My name is Mace Kerwick, and I just fucked up. And in the spirit of radical honesty, I'm starting this episode by admitting that I made a little boo-boo. So we started recording our episode of Queer Town with the one and only Ivy Lee with one E. And at some point, I stopped recording. Uh, So you know what? We are restarting this episode. And like the gracious gal that she is. Host of Fogo, Fear of Going Out Pod. Look at our intro. As well as tongue in cheek at Swan Dive, the only queer open mic here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Ivy's sticking with us. So Ivy, uh, thank fuck you're sticking around. (laughs) My God. (laughs) This happens in Hollywood. Come on, guys. It's show business. It is show business. This show must Mm -hmm. go on. Show must go on. And we are in Hollywood right now. Basically. I feel like I am. This is the most glamorous recording studio I've ever been in. <laughs> wow. Wow. I Compliments. Com- How do you respond to a compliment? You say thank you. I say thank you. Yep. Not very good at that as a queer person, but we are trying our best. <laughs> you felt the uh, <laughs> desire to bend over. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to just accept gratitude. <laughs> I literally looked down at the beverages that I've been consuming to be like, can I just drink one of those instead? <laughs> <laughs> is that I thought is that why I always have so many beverages I thought it was because I have ADHD <laughs> you know I also have ADHD so we might be it's probably yeah it's there. both so before you came over here you shared with me that you were allergic to cats and uh, look at this Oscar my cat is seated right up next to you uh, is this bringing you back to the <laughs> intensity of recording the first season of your podcast, The Fear of, what is it, Going Outside? Yeah, FOGO stands for Fear of Going Outside. It's a nature show by mm. the most reluctant host ever. <laughs> um, I will admit, I don't know a whole lot about animals. I did not grow up with pets. Uh, but Oscar, since this is audio, y'all can't see, Oscar is black. And so I, I figured... Um, surrounded by the overwhelming whiteness of this studio, that that is why Oscar is by my side and I am an ally. It is Black History Month and I'm here to do whatever needs to be done. I, I too often refer to Mesa's overwhelming whiteness. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's hard not to. I'm wearing short shorts and everyone can see my very white thighs right now. Uh, that is one benefit to you at home of this being a podcast is that you are not Stop blinded it. by the light. Stop it. Uh, fear thighs. of missing out of Mesa's milky thighs. <laughs> Uh, So, Ivy, I listened to the first season and I loved it. Oh, thank you so much. And something that kept coming up is that you were like preparing people for your zombie apocalypse survival team. Right. That's normal, right? Everybody does that. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, there was quite a bit of hilarity with, uh, it was in episode three with that woman who uh, did all of the hiking and camping with her children. And I thought, my God, if I had her as a parent, I probably would be <laughs> so much uh, better rounded as a person. But uh, like you, I am terrible in the outdoors. Uh, so how has it been uh, immersing yourself in the outdoors as an adult for the first time? Yeah, it has been awful. Uh, but I'm doing it. <laughs> but I am doing it for the entertainment of others. Um, people, I am just not famous enough yet where people want to see me doing things that I enjoy. <laughs> mm, right. There right. is something very comical to others, um, to masochistic people in mm-hmm. late stage capitalism, uh, watching people like me suffer 
for their entertainment. It is very like Hunger Games. Like I feel like we definitely live in. Not to, to spoiler alert the show itself, but what is it about nature that disagrees with you? And I this is coming from person. I, I agree. I, I'm an indoor kid all day, all day. But uh, I'm just curious. Um, I think it's the mosquitoes yes. um, that suck my blood. I think it's that I'm allergic to all Texas trees and most plants. Um, I think it's that the sunlight literally causes cancer. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. we literally... I think we literally can't survive in sun, direct sunlight that right. we need shelter constantly. Um, it's that there are animals and germs that are invisible threats on almost anything that you could put in your mouth, whether it's, you know, a mushroom or water that looks clean, but it's not really. Uh, that there are animals going around that are actually just terrifyingly intelligent animals <laughs> that are around us. And, and we, we tried, we're like, oh, yeah, we're different from them. That's what separates us from the animals. No, they're really, a lot of them are, are really smart. And that should scare people more than it does. Um, that it's really far from uh, medical, like emergency medical services, usually. Um, that there are, there are people with guns out there who are not accustomed to um, seeing people like me outside of the jungle. There are, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, I, I literally, the list went on for season one for, for 10 episodes and there were mm. still more things about nature that are terrifying and that's why we, that's how come we got renewed for season two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say there was something comical about, um, so season one was all about camping and- Me trying to figure out how to go camping. Right, yeah. so there's this like bigger subtext of like you like accepting the outdoors and coming to terms with it. But season two, you are literally killing nature. You are going hunting. Yeah, or I'm trying to figure out how to go hunting. You know, it's like I got to kill it before it kills me. <laughs> I love that that is the outcome of season one. It's not like, oh, you know, we're going to start gardening or, you know, have this like really, um, you know, peaceful relationship with it. No, like you're coming in on the defensive with season two. Yeah, I'm like after season one, season one made a really big impact. Texas Parks and Wildlife Department asked me to come talk to their <gasps> annual ranger meeting, oh, wow. you know, for example. That's awesome. And I was like... Like, uh, y'all know all I'm going to tell them is stop gaslighting people of color and give the land back, right? <laughs> and, and to this particular official's credit, he was like, you know, we probably need to hear that. So come on down. <gasps> hey, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. But yeah. if they're not, so, so like lots of lots of outdoor people really kind of, um, they I, I don't know how outdoor people found this show. Because <laughs> it's an out, I make it for indoor people. Like yeah. I ask the questions indoor people want to know. But outdoor people probably comprise half the audience now wow. and I think they're they're not coming to learn how to camp I don't think that's their perspective I think they are they live very segregated lives so they most outdoor people don't know that indoor people even exist mm. that's how segregated their lives are so for them it's just this perspective itself even though like most of humanity is indoor people that's why we invented civilization and buildings and cities you know most human beings are indoor people but outdoor people don't have I don't I feel like they don't have access to that perspective except through shows like Fogo and by shows like Fogo I mean literally Fogo is like the only show <laughs> like, right cool. uh, yeah so they uh, they're listening to it for those reasons so I, so season one is having an impact but it hasn't gone all the way to what I would love to see to make the outdoors inclusive, which which would be uh, food trucks at every 
state and mm-hmm. national park. I feel like that would be, that would go a long way in making people of color go out there and feel like it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But since that's not going to happen, I'm like, if I go outside again, like there better be fucking food at the end of this. And that's why Spotify studios picked, um, hunting <laughs> out of all the pitches <laughs> that we've made. Yeah. I, I mean, you touched upon that quite a bit in the first season, like your, uh, personal you know history and why you didn't have that much experience outdoors and what that really represented for people of color in this country and I think as a white person I was quite you know taken aback by that realization because I grew up in a household that never went camping my mom is someone who is like the the princess in the pea like she needs 27 mattresses underneath her Mm -hmm. but uh Like, that was just my personal experience. You know, like, we could have gone outside, but uh, understanding from your perspective the safety of it all and just, like, the bigger picture context, I got to say that was really informational. So I'm glad that you are out there, you know, shining a spotlight on this particular outdoor space that you are. So spoiler for season one, I survived. <gasps> oh, wait, you're not a ghost? <laughs> I'm like, wow, Mies is dropping a big spoiler, which is that I survived. I actually did go camping and I did survive. Uh, but yeah, luckily we haven't been able, we haven't spoiled season two. It's been so hard not to spoil season two. Y'all, camping is like low key racist. You know, we were like, okay, it used to be segregated. You still kind of have to drive through sundown towns, but look at all of these black influencers and indigenous influencers and Latino influencers. And, you know, everybody's saying like, it's okay, come on out, right? Look at this, like one person of color REI has in this ad, like, it's okay, come on out. It's like low key races. Hunting, high, high key, key. Proudly, <laughs> yep. proudly. Hunters, we're racist. I mean, that's like, it's yeah. on their licenses. I mean, not all of them, thank God, or else I never would have figured out how to go there, uh, how to go there to the outside. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it, it is, it, season two is a shit show and I, and I hope you enjoy the ride because <laughs> I did not always. That sounds terrifying. I, how many, how many episodes is it? Gonna, it's also going to be 10. Also going to be 10. Very cool. Nice. So excited. So I understand that with season two, you are hunting. Uh, Had you ever held a weapon before? I mean, you know, to a woman who's threatened, everything in her hand is a weapon. So I would say yes. (laughs) Snaps. I'm snapping. You can't see it, but I'm snapping. (laughs) Silently. Yeah. Valid response. Valid response. Yeah. I mean, I grew up very violently. And I, and I do, that does actually come up. It becomes very relevant. Mm. I, I grew up, I'm from Dallas, you know, I'm from, I, I grew I grew up, I'm so much older than y'all. <laughs> I grew up when, um, all in, in elementary school, they had like, they, there was like the don't do drugs campaign. There was also like a whole don't join a gang campaign. Like that's how like serious stuff was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and I love meat. <laughs> I love meat, yeah. right? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm Asian. I, I don't, I don't have any delusions about where my food comes from. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not scared of the whole animal. Uh, I'm not scared of the heads of animals. I'm not scared of their eyeballs. I'm not scared of, uh, you know, their guts and food. I'm not scared of blood sausage or, you know, anything like that. So I, I think it, it's definitely um, not like, oh, no, I could never hurt a fly. I can hurt a fly. <laughs> I got in a bar fight at an after hours bar last week 
Where? I don't know. Okay, about never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but better day. That's a Sorry. real place. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Where? What was this? <laughs> Laura's like, what time? <laughs> Were there any witnesses? <laughs> Who was taking care of your kids? <laughs> was it me? <laughs> Matches your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized that voice. <laughs> So we are sipping on a funky little wine with the gayest label on the front of this. It's Italian, and it's a really hot, sexy daddy king with his little jester twink. And oh, they actually are embracing and kissing. Because when you were like, oh, it's like so gay, I was like, I think it's just European, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same reaction. You describe it as gay to me and then handed it to me and I was like, oh, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's that what you said. No, but I classically am someone who is uh, confused by gay or European. That's uh, just, you know, oh, been a lifelong struggle. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like my brother has all these friends who are from Europe and they all swam together in college. They're all like super muscly, very, you know, just physically active people. And I think all of them are gay. None of them are. Oh. Right, 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 yeah. right. Anyways, I'm going to pour myself <laughs> a little bit more of this wine. Uh, how's everybody else What's doing? the name of the winery? El Delcaccio. El Delcaccio. Italia, il caccio, Paccio di Lara, I think. Paccio di Lara, and uh, Giostra, G I O S T R A. They are not uh, sponsors. Mm -mm. They're not. Yet but, again, I have uh, too many details. <laughs> yeah, Laura, why are you playing Nancy Drew tonight? <laughs> <laughs> pull out my sunglasses. She wore. Some, never mind. I'm thinking of another. <laughs> Y'all are all comics, right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. yes. <laughs> Why haven't you all signed up to go on stage at Tongue and Cheek? I, I, you know what's funny? I need to bring care because I don't do stand up. I do improv and characters, but I'm trying to breach that and and bring characters. You could come to open do mics. yeah. You could do stand up as a character. So yeah. here here's the thing about queer and comedy. So Tongue and Cheek. Um, I can't cut this if you need, because I can't remember if we talked about it on this round. I know, or not, right? right? I've I been I've been having that same thought process yeah, all along. Was that take one or or, or the <laughs> one that we're on now? Take two. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, thank you. You guys heard about me through tongue and cheek, right? How did you find out that I exist? If through I tongue ask? and cheek, yeah. Okay. And then also Minda Way, who works on Fogo. Oh, how do you know Minda? Oh, wait. Minda. Oh, Minda's a great friend. We know Minda. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, she's she's so talented. Uh, so, yeah, my entire writer's room is queer at Women of Color. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. This just little bubble that I've made for myself in Hell the yeah. arts. I've only been in the arts like full time for a couple of years now. And sometimes, because I got kids, right, it's like terrifying. Uh, but oh, sometimes like today, it's so worth it. So tongue in cheek. I started out in comedy, right? Just just like everybody else, taking everybody's like regular advice, going to these rooms that are just so full of misogyny and homophobia and transphobia and racism. And there's not even a word. They also like hate homeless people. And I, I, there's not even like an obia yeah. word for it or an ism word for it, but it's like really <laughs> rampant in these spaces. And I'm just like, wow, none of you guys will ever make enough money to afford the ticket to my special taping. So what <laughs> am I doing here? Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> what is the purpose of being here? Mm-hmm. So I was like, we need, so I started, uh, I started tongue in cheek at Swan Dive. So Swan Dive is next door to Barbarella. It's queer POC owned. It is traditionally a music venue. So the sound system is gorgeous. The oh. drinks are amazing. Yes. The venue is beautiful. Like the bathrooms are, you know, like usable. What ha- You know what I mean? Mm. It's not sticky like these, <laughs> like these traditional sticky fingered rapey comedy club yeah. spaces, you know, yeah. it's gorgeous, which to me, whenever I want to do something for, you know, my community, what, what, whatever intersectional community that is, like, I don't want us to suffer, right? I want us to feel safe. I don't want, I don't want to take y'all camping. I went camping so you wouldn't, so you would know what it is. <laughs> so you don't have to do it. I don't want you to feel afraid and feel hungry and feel gross and feel threatened, you know? So Swan Dive is just this, this gorgeous venue for this. It's the only queer open mic in town. As far as I can tell, I would, if there is another one, somebody please tell me, sign me up. I would love, this is, this is totally the opposite of like straight comedy and straight, <laughs> straight comics will get mad at each other or somebody quote unquote steals their show. Please steal my <laughs> show. Please make more performance opportunities for queer artists because I realize in these spaces, it doesn't matter how how much we're winning the culture wars or whatever, we can't change and grow these people at certainly not at a pace that's fast enough. They, they really have no vested interest in that whatsoever. And so what the only way to kind of solve that queer comedy is to widen the pipeline of queer talent into comedy. And that's what tongue in cheek is about. So tongue in cheek actually is not a regular open mic. It is in the format, right? You sign up on slotted.co forward slash tongue. And anybody's interested in signing up. Ooh, but forward slash tongue. Forward slash tongue. Ooh, yeah. I love that. Uh, we attract a legitimate audience, like real audience every month, because there is so much demand, pent up demand for comedy where people know that they're not going to get attacked by the person holding the mic, mm. that we get a real audience. To an open mic, do you know how crazy that is to attract like regular real audiences who want to buy drinks and hang out? No, let me tell you something. I interned at Coltown on Monday nights during their open mic. And by the way, <gasps> Maggie Mays. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Coltown, not a rapey joint. Please support Coltown. But love yes. Coltown. Love Coltown. The open mic there, I would intern there, was the scariest hour of my life. <laughs> These oh, fuck. Male con- it would Because the first show was an improv show. And you know, an improv oh, love. Oh, it's very God. lovey. And everyone's mm-hmm. saying hello to each other. And th- that show would start. And then the, the open mic comics would start rolling in and it was terrifying they hated themselves they hated each other they were so prepared to judge everybody that was going up so just is just to underscore what you're saying because what you are describing sounds like the opposite of it's a total opposite and cool you know i think it's probably why i haven't done stand-up because i'm like oh that world and i other it immediately but i probably other it out of my own safety and my own general well-being like i have found like you said improv even pre-show standing is a joyous experience whereas you're probably right i mean yeah every month we get we have a special ritual um for first timers Mm -hmm. it's actually when you sign up you have to disclose if this is your first time or not because we like do something special for first timers. that's so sweet every month there is somebody who used to be in the audience who decides to try stand up for the first time yeah yeah 
So the queer agenda is working. And it we just need these spaces for comics to practice and grow strong and develop their voices and find their audience before. And then I do want and then I do want us to go, you know, take over these other spaces in queer comedy at scale, right? Mm-hmm. But first there needs to be an, an incubator for people to mm-hmm. develop these voices and these talents instead of being incentivized to start, you know, kind of packaging your queerness for straight consumption for straight toxic yeah. masculine yeah. consumption because totally. <laughs> yeah. you can tell which comedians do that and i think that it's certainly a learned skill and um you know i have nothing but respect for anyone who wants to go out there and uh maybe like lead a different energy than what might be intuitive because it has certainly worked for a number of queer stand-ups but i can always tell as someone in the audience whether or not it is sort of designed from a place of celebration or um, joy. I don't know. It's like I'll I'll watch some of these clips either, you know, on my phone or, you know, I'll go and I'll see stand-ups. And it always, like, sits differently with me. And uh, I think that there's something really remarkable that you as a showrunner are kind of conditioning the audience to accept whoever goes up on that stage and maybe they're really fucking fantastic. Maybe they're just, you know, figuring out what they're doing. But I think that we need more of that because there's so uh, much mental garbage to even get up on that stage. And it's like, we need audiences who are cheerleaders and are just down for whatever's about to happen. Yeah. Cause they're, they, we make them a part of the process too. I don't, I don't hide the mechanics from the audience. It is, it is very, very explicit goal to make this a, a career development space. You know, I record as many, uh, you know, if, if tech, technology willing, I record the performances so that you can go when I don't, t- I don't post them because right, it's an open mic. I don't post them, but I share them with the art, with the artists that sh- show up for their own professional development. Um, and whenever I know, you know, what some, one time we had another comic, uh, Alyssa Spatola is the co-host of Texas, the queer showcase that happens at, at Creek and Cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was giving out free headshots. You know, um, if I know that there is a bunch of really great comedy festivals happening, I'm like, look these up. Uh, I'm also a producer at Austin Sketch Fest. So I'm like, some of y'all have not, I have noticed that nobody in this room has a applied and I would like everyone to apply right that's the Asian mom part of me (laughs) so we did it a few years ago Mm -hmm. for a few years in a row and it was a lot of fun but it's just so interesting because I think you're catching us at a point where we're just a little like quieter as oh I don't mean like y'all specifically I mean like when I go to tongue-in-cheek you know I'm trying to show people because queer one of the most influential moments what really opened my mind to what is comedy is I saw this queer artist, uh, a trans man, Roman Ellis, do this like two person burlesque show at a, or I don't even know that it was technically a burlesque show, but it was at a famous burlesque venue in New Orleans. And I was there for Lysistrata, which is a all, um, all women comedy festival that is actually going to be in Austin this year because half the producers are based in Austin, half the producers are based in NOLA. And I was just accidentally stumbled across this show and I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, the, everybody in this audience is here for the comedy. Like it wasn't traditional stand up or traditional sketch. It was just this, this masterpiece just, just from Roman's mind. Right. And, uh, and there was like a musical theater aspect, uh, uh, his like partner in crime there, uh, is a pianist and was also like mm-hmm. really skilled at, uh, was actually in production on a musical on a stage musical and stuff. And so they played off each other really well and literally every time something was funny people would crumble dollar bills and throw them 
at the performer. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right? People were let's, dying let's laughing. That. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I'll I lose an eye. <laughs> I think that there is a vested interest by gatekeepers to to keep people like you, for example, out of stand-up comedy because you would fucking kill. Thank you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so there's there's a vested interest in in, in an old way of distributing this media that is, I mean, literally 50 years old, okay? <laughs> like literally 50, 40 years old. Uh, but it's like the internet exists now. So like what are gatekeepers doing? Like the internet exists. There's no gates. There's no gates. It's the wild, wild west, right? Anybody who's funny can get out there. And uh, and people who are consuming comedy, people who are actually going to provide the revenue for comedy, are people are giving more respect now to comedy than they ever have in my lifetime. They, whatever makes them laugh is what comedy is. So whether it's sketch, improv, one woman shows, whether it's stand up, whether it's musical, whether it's anything in between, whether it's TikTok characters or sketches, like whatever, whatever makes paying customers laugh is what is comedy. The, they, they, the people, sophisticated consumers of comedy are so far ahead <laughs> are, are so they've already queered comedy. They've already decided that these labels are irrelevant. <laughs> And we're not going to, and then, and that's why, and I figured that out because I'm doing these shows that are not supposed to have an audience and, and yet, (laughs) right. And And yet, yet, Mm -hmm. like people are showing up and telling their friends and going after these things, right. Even my show Fogo, I don't make Fogo to package my experience for the consumption of white outdoors people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is a show I make for people like me who are indoors and outdoors people who don't understand that they can come as guests as long as they take off their shoes and they behave, you know what I mean? They can come as guests, <laughs> but we will not accommodate them because they already have their own, yeah. they mm-hmm. have their own shows, right? Why would I need to do that? But it's really hard to get through the gatekeeper process, keeping, you know, keeping your voice, keeping that integrity of your voice and keeping that clarity of who your audience is. And I appreciate that challenge and that everybody else, like everybody has to go through that and it's not an easy gauntlet, right? To walk. I guess all I'm saying is it's worth it. It's worth it to, to do that, right? And get clarity on, 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 on who you serve and, and what the purpose of your comedy is. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, and Austin's a better city, I think, for having people like you who clearly bring such passion and um, yeah, uh, just continued commitment to it. That's, I don't know. I, I'm just smiling watching you right now. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a little bit of, it, there is a lot of activism that is fine-tuned here. But the reason why is because uh, we're in hostile territory. And I don't mean, oh, Austin's so great and liberal. No, Austin is the most uh, racially segregated city I've ever seen in Texas. Austin is literally the most economically segregated city in the United States of America. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Anybody who's queer and dated here, you know, just trash dump. Okay. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's not necessarily, it's all these things, you know, but, um, but it, it but something, but I, I do agree that compared to like a bigger market, like LA or New York, everybody's supposed to want to go. I've worked, I've, I've worked with artists from these spaces and I, you know, I've got two shows in LA this weekend and it is different. I, I, I used to really have a bad attitude about Austin. When I moved here, the Asian food was horrific it was offensive okay <laughs> I you know what I mean like it was I remember the first time I, I came to visit to see if this would be a good place to start a family I was staying with an old friend from Dallas and on the third day I was here I, you know I came from Atlanta at this point I was like flying in from Atlanta and I was like John where are all the black people and he was like what are you talking about 
there's a black man right there. And I look out the window and I was like, bro, that dude's homeless. And he was like, that doesn't count. And I'm like, you don't understand how that counts against your total. You're the only black person I've seen the entire for three days that I've been here is homeless. You don't understand how that's like a negative number like now. Right. And he, and he did not <laughs> like Austin. I like, did not. So I used to have a super bad attitude about living here, but then I worked then I started trying to make art with people in these bigger markets. And I appreciated so much more how artists here just want to make things for the sake of making cool things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, if I succeed, I will never have this like perfect, beautiful moment in my artistic life again, if I succeed. Right. So I'm just going to enjoy it. And I, I'm going to make everything I can with as many people as I can and just enjoy, enjoy this time. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Did and you, like camping, you're leaving it a better place than you. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Oh, did you listen? Did you listen to season one? I take it. <laughs> but that's a, that's what they say, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the etiquette of camping. So. Oh yeah, leave it, mm-hmm. leave it cleaner mm-hmm. than you found it. That connection. Yeah, no, that's good, thanks, Javi. Thanks. I'm really yeah. proud of you Ooh. right now. Well, speaking of leaving, uh, we are about to head away for a little break. So stick around. More queer town is coming up next. That wasn't urine. That was a fresh glass of wine for all of us here in the Queer Town Clubhouse. Welcome back, y'all. And welcome to Queer Town Quiz Time, a game show where subjective questions have objective winners. Ivy, buckle up. You and Javi are going to take turns answering very stupid and increasingly loaded questions. You will have 20 seconds to respond. Laura will then pick her favorite response. I'm terrified. I'm very competitive. (laughs) (laughs) Javi is, and I think it makes it more fun, actually. Mm -hmm. It's more fun because you throw down Javi so hard. Stop it. Uh, It's a setup. Honestly, the whole thing's a setup, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's Queer Town (laughs) quiz time for you. So the contestant with the most number of favorite responses will be crowned queen of Queer Town quiz time. Okay, say that three times fast. Queen Uh, of Queer Town quiz time. <laughs> oh, Queen. oh wow. Oh, stop. I don't think I could do that. Everybody could. Queen of Queer Town Quiz Time. Oh. Queen of Queer Town Quiz Time. Damn it. I mean, <laughs> Queen. <laughs> Queen of Queer Town Quiz Time. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm in a straight passing marriage. That's why I haven't gotten as much. <laughs> All right. Practice. We'll give you a pass. <laughs> yeah. We're happy to have you here. Um, I don't twist my tongue nearly as often as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you host a show called Tongue in Cheek. Tongue and cheek, yeah. Mm. I definitely am not one of those uh, women comedians who complains about nobody wants to sleep with me. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, because uh, uh, women, women like people who make us laugh, and what am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the way that this is going to work is y'all are going to alternate who goes first and who goes second. Uh, and the contestant with the most number of favorite responses, like I said, will be crowned queen of Queer Town Quiz Time. Uh, and in celebration of fear of going outside, today's theme is outdoors. Uh, so, oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite place. Uh, so sorry to re-traumatize you. <laughs> 
Uh, Laura. Yes. As the judge, please pick a quick and easy challenge that the two of them could do to uh, select who is going first uh, for the first question. Okay. How about um, pick a number? So I have a day that I was born in November. So you have to pick a number and who's ever closer wins. 27. 45. No, it's a day. No, it's a day. I win. It's a day. I'm so sorry. I win because I were know you words. Recording? Mace, were you recording? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We okay. were recording. Okay, I'm fine. so sorry. I smoked a little Hobby. weed before let this me, recording. Let me rephrase. I, I was born on a day in November. Um, 45. Each of you will shout a number out and whoever's closer wins. Okay. Javi, that was beautiful. Um, Thank you. Guess again. Two. Okay. It was 25. So. Ivy gets to choose. Uh, if, I'm sorry, what are your pronouns? I'm your if close she, friend. If she wants to go, okay. I want to go second. Okay. Second. I want okay. to measure first. Javi up. All right. Ooh. <laughs> okay, Javi. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. You're stranded on a deserted island with the hottest person you've ever seen. Mm. How quickly are you putting the moves on them? Oh, like we haven't even established that uh, we're stranded yet. I am <laughs> the hottest man I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm throwing myself at him. Um, was there more to this? No, yes, yes, no. It, no time. Zero, zero point two seconds. Okay, just right away. Yes. Okay, so the 20 seconds I gave you to answer that was 19 more than necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. good to know. Good. All right, Ivy, same question. I mean, from the rescue boat, I'm making eyes. I go after what I want. Yeah. So it's the millisecond. So 0.00. Zero point zero zero. Wow, I really dropped the ball with this question. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it's who can impress it's me more. So really, y'all it's have the opportunity to impress me. It's true. Speak it's to true. my wants and desi- guess mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, uh, yeah, Laura. Hmm. So I get to choose now. You do get to choose, and you have to choose. Oh, we had an, an, an extended location with the boat, and we had eyes in my mind's eye. Ooh. Very zero, visual. Zero point zero. And then ha- with Javi, we had the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Yeah. That's my bad Javi impression. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I good emotion, Javi. I think yeah, it was really great emotion. I like the I like the boat. I'm gonna go Ivy. Yeah, I like the boat. Extension. I know what women want. That's good. That's, that's, we that good. love boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Queer women love boats. Queer women love boats. They love the boats. All right, so Ivy's got one. Okay. Ivy's got zero. Let's see what question two brings us, though. All right, Ivy. So since you went. Second, with that one, you're going first for question number two. You're in a backyard party and find yourself with an eyesight of two of your most dramatic exes. Both have yet to spot you. How do you sneak out of there without either seeing you? I mean, I just go back the fuck inside. I didn't even want to be in the backyard in the first place. And I'm like, that's just my ancestors being like, not here, not now. <laughs> that's a good answer. Damn. Okay. Cool. I think Javi, Javi, be prepared to go immediately. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, okay. If it is nighttime, presumably I'm wearing a hoodie, right? And so I will pull the hoodie over my face 
and I will barrel roll towards the nearest exit, hopefully away from them. If it was daytime, uh, uh, I would just put on sunglasses and run up, run as fast as I could. <laughs> Damn, boy, that was a barrel roll. Is that what the guy told you? Yeah. When you fell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that classic berries roll? episode. Uh, a barrel roll? That um, wouldn't work for me because my exes would recognize my ass. Yeah. Away. I'm going to give the point to Javi. Javi, that was a great answer. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're tied okay. on one. Okay, Javi, back to you with this question. You wake up. You're in the middle of Austin City Limits Festival. Would you rather be on a heavy dose of acid or have your wicked digestion issues? I'm sorry, I, I misread that. It's Or have wicked digestion issues. I read that as though you have wicked digestion issues. Wait, I'm so um, sorry. You have to run it back now. I fucked up. That's okay. Yeah. Second time today I fucked up. Uh, okay. You wake up. You're in the middle of ACL. Would you rather be on a heavy dose of acid or have wicked digestion issues? And remember... The this is more about your response than it is about the selection, right? <laughs> oh man, I think I think I'm powering through an acid experience. Like the the panic that I experience if I have to shit somewhere and I have nowhere near me to shit is w- like one of my least favorite experiences in life. So I, I will power through a terrifying acid trip. Great okay. answer. Yeah. All right, Ivy, balls in your court. Okay, I've been waiting for a question like this because uh, I started doing drugs during the pandemic, so I feel super qualified. I have never done acid, uh, but if it, is it like mushrooms? There are parts of it that are overlapped, yes. Okay, so with the music, I think I would just start building structures for myself in my brain. Oh, You build structures for yourself in your brain. Oh, okay. Javi to recap, yes. Yeah. Woke up in AC, woke up in ACL. Either in the middle of an acid trip or terrible digestive issues. Yeah. <laughs> Which would you choose? Javi, you said power through the acid trip because the feeling of, oh my God, I got to put my pants in. I, there's nowhere to go is one of the most terrifying things. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes to get to a bathroom there? At ACL? It, it, oh yeah. You really got to wait. It's, it is, it's a walk. It's a yeah. wait. And up at the front. Not clenched cheeks. Mm-mm. I mean, I've gone through labor and I have period poops. Like <laughs> I've had period poops for a- Monthly for decades. Say it. Say it it louder on the pod. No, this is the place for that. Um, I, or you wake up and you create protective bubbles in your mind. Ooh. And that's important too, because you're out in the middle of a field. It is. So you're either trying to get into a small space or you're protecting yourself in a bigger space. I like Ivy's out of the box thinking. I'm going to go Ivy. Wait, is that, is that not what happens to everybody else when they do drugs? To create the the protective bubble, to to build things, to build universes in your mind. No, is that no, no. Not what y'all are that doing? Am I doing drugs wrong? But the okay. question, well, but the question was, would you rather, right? Would you rather? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because personally, I feel like I tend to kaleidoscope on acid, so I don't know if ACL would be the right space for me. Do we have some? Oh. Should we just go try I, some now? Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. I assume the establishing principle there was that both of those were negative experiences. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That is the establishing thought there. Oh. So, Laura, you yeah. went with Ivy? Yeah, I'll go Ivy. Okay. I, like the, I, like the, I like the bubbles in my mind. I'm making the universes that are safe. Wonderful. Went on hallucinogenic drugs. Ivy's got two. Javi's got one. Yes. Let's see what question four brings us. Uh, And Ivy, you'll kick us off with this one. 
Which actor who's played Batman could actually survive in the wilderness <laughs> for a full week? Oh, no. I should just concede this point because I can't. It's really hard for me to distinguish white people, especially when they <laughs> are purposely cast because they look similar to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I only know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Val Kilmer? Yes, great answer. Was one of the Batmans. He was one? Okay. Yes, this is this. Great g- generic <laughs> white boy, white man with chin from the 90s. Truly. Yes. Truly the most generic. All right, Javi, up you go. Okay, if we're going chronologically, Adam West <laughs> is not a great candidate because he's a, like a sweater and polo type of guy. Um, Michael Keaton, I think, has the grit where he would do well. Uh, Val Kilmer has medical issues and George Clooney uh, is no is too prissy and as is Robert Pattinson yeah I forgot that. sorry Ben Affleck and Ben Damn. wait who did you select oh it was Michael Keaton it was Michael Keaton yeah. oh it was Michael Keaton he was the only one I said a positive thing about so yeah <laughs> yeah you definitely answered um, I'm gonna give it to, to Javi uh, knowing all the Batmans and going I have a certain chronological order I like sat up in my chair and I was so excited to, li- to hear Javi flex so, but I, I missed them so I'm like mad you, no, you but did I, great you know I, I'm, I'm you older you did not select my pick which I guess is the point of me asking questions right it's yeah. to hear your answers that's true but my pick would have been Christian Bale Christian Bale yeah yeah He's a scary motherfucker. I'm going to IMDb all these people when I get home. Yeah. Good, good move. Um, Michael Keaton was a good answer, though. Okay. Here we are. I think this is a more general question. We'll see how y'all fare with this one. Um, Wait. So we're tied at this point. Yeah. This is the last one. Uh, Well, I guess it should be. I had six questions, but maybe there should only be five. So there's there's, a winner. There's forced to be a winner. Yeah. Yes. Given how things are going. Okay. Oh, you got to kill one of your darlings. I'm so sorry. I do. I do. Okay, I got this. This one, be prepared to pitch for your fucking life here. Remember (laughs) that Laura is our judge impertist It feels so nice to be entertained and pleased like this. (laughs) It's not my kick at all. (laughs) Okay. Inspired by Dolly DeLeon's fantastic performance in Triangle of Sadness, why should Laura approve you as captain on our stranded island? Javi, you're going first. Because I am, I would lead with compassion. I would lead with empathy. Um, I uh, don't like making decisions, so I'm a big delegator. So if you vote me captain, everyone's going to have a piece of leadership pie. Because I don't like responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. A democracy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. okay. What was the top of the question, Mace? I want to make sure I... Yeah. Inspired by Dolly DeLeon's fantastic performance in Triangle of Sadness... Why should Laura approve you as captain of our stranded island? Oh, I still haven't seen Triangle of Sadness, but I need to. Um, okay, thank you for rereading. Oh, sorry. Mild spoilers. It's in the trailer, though. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Have y'all seen it? No. Is it a white movie? It's a white, very white. Okay. Is it Swedish? No, French. I French. French. I didn't even know it existed. It's up for an Oscar. It's great. Yeah. All right, Ivy, are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Okay, you should pick me because in the course of hosting two seasons of a nature show, I have uh, learned how to make fire. I know how to hunt animals and trap them. Um, And I play, uh, you know, kind of a nerdy Asian mom on stage, but actually I'm the oldest daughter of immigrants. I'm the oldest daughter of immigrants. (laughs) 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 When in doubt, you're trying to win over people. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, we know how to keep a tight ship, you know? Um, I'm so, wow, y'all both gave good answers. Um, yeah, that was great. Oh, uh, Laura. Javi, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give it to Ivy. That's okay. That's okay. I'm sorry. I was about to just say, uh, just, just for the record, I am the son of him. <laughs> <laughs> right, but the oldest daughter and the son, they do not get treated the same. They do not have to develop the same skill sets. True. It's true. It's very this true. is true. This is true. It's always true. Well, Ivy, it has been an absolute delight having you Ivy once on Queer Town. Congratulations for winning, for being the queen of Queer Town Quiz Time today. I'm the queen of Queer, of Queer Town, Town Quiz Time. Quiz time. Ah! <laughs> you said it. I said it. Folks in Austin, please go check out Ivy. She's got a bunch of shows going on in addition to Tongue and Cheek. And if you happen to be flying through the Austin Bergstrom International Airport, you will see Ivy's gorgeous face <laughs> smiling down at you in one of the Dell advertisements. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. I'm going to be there on Wednesday. I'm going to look for it. <laughs> if you see it, tell me what gate. Okay, take a take take a picture, take a picture so that uh, we could all see it. Uh, but yeah, I really hope that uh, every queer entertainer here comes out. Um, if you're a funny person, you don't have to have been a professional entertainer. Come out to Tongue and Cheek, uh, an audience member, get the feel of that space and what it feels like to have comedy that's made for you. Um, and then yeah, check out the show Fogo Fogo Fear of Going Outside and follow me on Instagram at Ivy Lee with one E, the phrase all spelled out, uh, and because that's where I post all the show information that I have. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Ivy, thank you so much for sitting down with us. This it's was been a, a pleasure. pleasure. Oh, oh, look at that. We're <laughs> so polite. I don't know if that final piss pour was <laughs> necessary, but we did it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Have a good night. Queer Town is a Hey Kerwick production. If you love this show and want us to keep making it, please share QT with the QTs in your life. And make sure to follow us on Instagram for fun behind-the-scenes photos and updates on our live shows. Queer Town is produced by Mace Kerwick and Kristen Washington and is engineered and edited by our pal Drewski Hewlett. Special thanks to our project manager extraordinaire Lilo Hewlett for managing our busy schedules. And uh, gotta give it up for those two kitties who make a lot of noise. I love them. I really do. <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by Queer Town. Bye, y'all. Thank you.